0: Oh, goodness gracious. We got called to Amazing Stoke, as we love to call it, and um, we, really, we really didn't know what it was all about. To, to, if I'm going to be totally honest, um, we, we were really settled where we were in East Sussex. I've been leading the church there for over 17 years. Um, we were probably the most charismatic Pentecostal, non-Pentecostal church in the area. Um, I'll tell you one of the things, I, I just one of the things I absolutely love, this, is, this was a criticism that was spoken about the church that we were leading in, in East Sussex. Um, we had a couple that came to start, uh, and just came to worship with us, and they were looking for a church home. And, and I stood with them and chatted with them after their first visit. Baptist ministers, we normally stand at the door when people are going out. And just to check that they haven't left anything, or not left anything in the offering. You just give them a once over. <laughs> and, um, so, and this couple was, stood there and they said, um, I you know, really enjoyed our time with you this morning. That was great. And I thought, yeah, yeah, I heard it all before. And, 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 and they said, and, and we'll definitely be back. <laughs> you know, I've heard that before. And, and then I said, so have you looked around elsewhere? Have you seen any other churches? And they said, actually, last week we were in, and they named the church, and they said, uh, and they asked us the same question of, you know, are we looking around, are we going anywhere else? And, and said, well, we told them that we were going to be going to Sidley Baptist Church this week. That's the church that, that I was leading. And, and they said to us, this is the, the people in the previous church, there'll be a quiz on this in a minute, I'll tell you. <laughs> uh, so they said to them, oh, Sidley Baptist Church, wow you need to know that they do worship God for too long there. <laughs> I, I, I just, I'm, and they're telling me this at the door, and I'm thinking to myself, whoa, I lead a church where we worship God for too long. How brilliant is that? We, we used to start our services at half ten, and we used to have to be finished by quarter to twelve. And uh, which was the holy hour and a a quarter. And then it started to go past midday. People were just finding themselves caught up in the presence of God, which was just awesome. So then people started to complain about the fact that we were going past midday. So I thought, oh, best thing to do, let's start at 10 rather than at half 10. So rather than cut back the service, I thought, let's take it back half an hour. So we started to lead our services from 10 o'clock. And then from 10 o'clock... I used to get to, and then when we get into half past twelve again, I just thought oh, I can't be bothered to move it. I used to just say to people, you know, when you've had enough of God, just go. <laughs> when you've had enough of him, just just go. And uh, and very few people did. We just used to love spending time in, in God's presence. And God turned around and said, Well, I'm taking you out of uh, of um, Beck's Hill on Sea, and I'm going to take you to Basingstoke, amazing Stoke. And, and we're, we're travelling a journey with the lovely people up on, on Brighton Hill and um, we're seeing God do some pretty awesome stuff. Oh, I'll tell you something, Look, here's, here's a good one. So tomorrow morning, Drizzle, who's married to Mark, is going in to have a caesarean. The baby that she's carrying is, is not heading down. It's sort of lying across ways. I don't know what the technical jargon is but she came to church this morning specifically to be prayed for so she's going to have a cesarean tomorrow in Basingstoke so she's going to have a baby. Ten months ago Mark and Drizzle came to me and my wife at the front of church and said we've been trying to have a baby and we have just failed and failed and failed and failed. Would you pray for us and anoint us so that we can um, we can have a family and so Carol and I prayed for for Mark and for Drizzle And anyway, tomorrow she's having a baby, which is just, I just think it's just awesome how... So can you pray and just remember, hey, Lord, we're just going to pray right even now for Mark and for Drizzle. We want to pray especially for Drizzle. And tonight, Lord, there must be loads of anxiety or worry or fear. We cut that off in the mighty name of Jesus and we speak freedom over them, liberty over them, and especially, Father, for the delivery of their baby daughter tomorrow. We say no complications, no mishaps, no mistakes. We're saying good delivery with a healthy child, healthy mum and excited dad. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> so, uh, just little things happen at times. And, and it was, I think she was about four months pregnant before she came and told us that she was, she was pregnant. And, and, uh, and, I, and I didn't mention it to my wife until we were at home at lunchtime. And I said, oh, by the way, um, i was four months pregnant. She, she goes, what? I said, wow, uh, God's good. Uh, Let me just, let me read a bit from the Bible. Isaiah 43, this is, is something you've probably heard this a million times before, but I want to tell you something tonight. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and the reinforcements together, and they lay there, never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do not perceive it. I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Here we are, 2023. And God says to you, Hope Community Church, I'm doing something new with you today, right here, right now. This is not what happened last year or the year before or 10 years back or 30 years back. This is something that God wants to bring to you right here, right now. If last year was stale, this year is going to be fresh. God's promise is that we are to forget the former things. I don't know if you've got a memory like mine. I always seem to remember bad stuff. <laughs> Always remember the bad stuff. Rarely remember the good stuff. Here's what God is saying to you tonight. He's saying, forget it. Forget the bad stuff. Forget the criticism. Forget the hardship. Forget the battle and the turmoil. Forget the upset and the angst. Put that to one side. That was past. I'm doing something new. As a speaker, to come to a, a... gather with you on a Sunday night. Sunday night, I mean, that's a miracle that people go out on a Sunday night. Wow, used to. Back in the day, I remember doing two sermons a week, morning and evening. And we had a morning and evening congregation. And the evening congregation was about a third of the morning. And most of the people in the evening congregation came out in the morning. It was just just brilliant back in those days. And then numbers and then demands. But here we are. On a Sunday evening in January, hearing that the Lord wants to do something fresh and new with you—it's a promise for you. It's—it's it's your promise. Uh, Tanya brought a word tonight. This is always so cool. Just—I love it when do you know God just stirred me, and I'm going to have to say it. So I'm claiming that as my word. So I came here tonight to bring you a word, but you gave me a word. And the word that you have given me has turned around circumstances that were going through my head. Um, Our tenant in our flat last week gave notice and um, I've got to find a a tenant. And the issue with that is the fact that although the tenant's given their notice, um, the longer it takes to find a tenant, then each month I've got to find the money to pay the mortgage and the maintenance and all that on the flat, and I was just saying to my wife yesterday, I said, what are we going to do? She's a bit more faith-filled than me. She says, oh, well, just trust the Lord. And I'm thinking, yeah, okay. But what are we going to do? <laughs> um, and um, I, have, has any of you had your um, gas and electric bill for November into December? Yes. Okay, my gas electric bill on the manse, this is the house that the church graciously allowed me to live in, 28th of November to the 28th of December, 520 quid. Five hundred and twenty grand. I had to laugh because otherwise I'd cry. <laughs> and we just said, "How are we going to?" do And do you know what? God comes and says, "I'm dealing with this. This is just a. This is not a problem. Don't worry. Don't worry. I, there's something in Scripture that talks about worrying. It's like birds and <coughs> and lilies and all that sort of thing. Flowers. Come on." And we're going to receive that. We're going to say we're not going to worry because God says here in Isaiah 43, uh, forget the former things, That stuff that causes us upset and angst. Let's not dwell on the past. I'm a, I'm a ruminator. I don't know if anybody else, before I became a Baptist minister, and this is so cool, actually preaching in Basingstoke Baptist Church. Whew, this is where it all began. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, as a uh, a Baptist minister, I, I find that I can more often than not dwell on stuff of the past. I know the times that I've been criticised. I know the times that I've had uh, daggers in the back situations. I've known the times when I've had letters through the door that uh, just don't say very nice things. But... God says, I'm doing something new. Forget the past. Don't dwell on it. Don't ruminate. I say, before I was a Baptist minister, I was in farming. My first degree is in agriculture. And um, I'm very aware that a cow has four stomachs. And you've got the rumen, the reticulum, and this rumen is this, you know, we start through, omason and abamason, uh, that's all four of them. you got them now, haven't you? OK. <laughs> but the key thing about it is this rumen. So we eat this grass, well, we don't, the cow does, and, and it goes down and it hits down into the rumen, and then the rumen starts the digestive process, and then what happens is it comes back up for a second chew, and then it goes back down again. And it's this whole chewing over. You just don't dwell on... If there's stuff, can I just say at the moment, if there's stuff that you're finding yourself dwelling on, ruminating on, stuff that you find yourself um, having your peace robbed, here's the deal, right? Confess it. Speak it out. Find a brother or a sister in Christ who you can say, this is stealing my peace. And then agree together that, we need to do that more often. How many times we get worried? I mean, I Sarah tells the story about neighbours with bad weather and, oh, I, my wrist, I was on my throat and all that sort of stuff. Do you know, this? That isn't the, that's not the reason why. The reason why goes far deeper than that, and usually it's circumstances and situations that we've experienced in the past, um, criticism, rejection, all of that, and then the darkness comes and you think, oh, how am I going to get out of this? Well, let's just confess it. Speak it out. You see, the enemy loves to work in secret. And when he works in secret, you see, he helps us to hold on to stuff that we really should let go of. I was at a conference this last week. I did three days away in, um, in Derbyshire, up at the Hayes Conference Centre. And um, I went up. Now, this, is, this is how funny. You haven't got a clock. Oh, there is one, but I can't see that. Okay. When you've had enough, just go, all right? (laughs) We'll see how it goes. Um, I was at the Hayes uh, Conference Centre, and um, the reason why I went to the conference, which is funny, because the conference happens every year, and it's specifically for for leaders. It's a leaders' conference, mainly Baptist leaders um, all head up there. It used to be called Mainstream, now it's called Fresh Streams. And um, I get all the emails about it, you know, come to this, and I think, oh, I can't be doing it. It's a long way, three-hour drive. Who drives three hours to meet Jesus? It's a long way. But I tell you what, when you do drive three hours to meet Jesus and you meet him, you're so pleased that you did drive three hours. I tell you, it was stonkingly good. But when I first looked at the email, I've I've been ignoring the emails. They've been going into my my, um, junk folder. And then I, I open one at the end of November and I'm looking at the um, speakers and I think, so, oh, Steve Upple, I like him, I'll, that'd be good. There was somebody else that I'd never heard of, but I thought, they must be all right. And then it went down to who's leading worship. And I find out that it's my son and daughter-in-law who are leading the worship. <laughs> they don't tell me anything. <laughs> so, my son and, so I send my son a text and said, i just found out you're leading worship at Fresh Street. He said, oh, didn't we tell you? So it's in ball. <laughs> so I went as, as a, a bit of a groupie, really. I thought to myself, I'm going to go because I'm gonna, I, I just want to be in the presence of Jesus, being led in worship by my son and my daughter-in-law. And um, I'm a front row person. I just like to get mainly on the basis that then you can move around a little bit more. And uh, there I was on the front row at this conference and one of the things that happened to me which was I thought was absolutely stonkingly good was the fact that I was on my own and I let my son and his band and they all had their little times together and I didn't want to encroach upon them so I end up walking around there's 300 odd other leaders there go to the coffee area and I just talk to people and it's great because everybody's got a lanyard with their name on it so you know who they are except for if they turn the opposite, do you, know, you notice that? If you've got your name on, they always turn the wrong way, and therefore you have to think, about, is it appropriate to turn it, whilst you're there like that? But chatting to people, and the beauty of the conversations was absolutely phenomenal, because then at the end of sessions at night, people were hanging around, and then I always sit in the lounge and have a hot chocolate and... And a few people come and sit down and within moments we start talking about real stuff that's going on in our churches and in our life and we end up praying for one another and, and then you know a couple of them gone and it's just me and these two other guys who are church leaders and, and then one guy says, I've got a real issue with pornography. And I'm thinking, I came for Jesus. I didn't come to pray for people about pornography but you know, God does something new, turns things around, things that you weren't expecting and I had this honour and this privilege of praying with a brother who has an addiction that he wanted to see Holy Spirit break. Blimmin' awesome was that. And I think, I didn't even know this guy. He just happened to sit down with us while we were drinking hot chocolate. He must have felt that I wasn't going to tell all you lot about it. (laughs) (laughs) How beautiful to see the Spirit of God moving and doing new things. The following evening we did a late night and um, it got to the point where I was starting to feel hungry. It was about quarter to 11 o'clock and I found out that Domino's Pizza was still delivering So I ordered four pizzas. It's amazing how many Baptist ministers suddenly find you (laughs) when you've had a Domino's delivery. And we start eating pizza and people start to share some of their struggles. And over a pepperami pizza, I'm laying hands on one guy dealing with issues in his marriage. And there's a meat feast being devoured across the other side and the guy's there saying, Dave, can you just come and pray? We've got a situation with my dad and cancer and I just really appreciate you praying. And then there's a lady who's there who just happens to be the president of the Baptist Union who sat there eating my pizza. (laughs) And she talks about the hassle that she has, even in her position, within the Baptist church, because she's a lady. And we just spoke words of honour and blessing and affirmation over her calling, her mission, her ministry. It was just beautiful. See, Isaiah just drops in a little bit of a, a, a taster. He says... Don't dwell on the past. See, I'm doing something new. Whatever you had planned, Dave. He's speaking to me, unless your name's Dave. But he's saying to me, Dave, I don't know what you've got planned for these three days away at conference, but I've got something new for you. And then he says something to me like, you think you're going to, new Hope, to uh, Hope Community Church tonight and you're going to deliver something, but actually I want to deliver something to you. And I just think, God, you're just the God of the new." Don't you see it? I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I think sometimes you, um, you don't perceive it because it looks something like what was happening in the old, but it's not. It's something fresh and new. I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. God's desire is that you would be fresh and refreshed. God's desire is that you would know what it is to walk in step with the Holy Spirit. God's passion and desire is that at every moment of every day that you would be aware that he is for you and he is with you. Can I just say that you don't let him down. You don't let him down. He never looks upon you and says, what a mess he's made. What a mess she's made. He he doesn't do that. He says things to you like, I chose you. I've chosen you. I love you so much that I want to live in you. I want to fill you, I want to captivate you, I want you to know that you have my 100% attention and my desire is that you will be aware of my amazing love for you. You're just not a disappointment, you're awesome. I say that to my youngest son um, every day, I rem- remind him how awesome he is. He's 24 years old and he's, um, uh, he did his 15 weeks down at Yately learning to be a police officer and he's now on his 15 weeks out on the streets, he's a bobby over at Andover and uh, he drives across, tonight he's on late, he starts at 10 and finishes at 7. Um, Yesterday he was on mids. So I don't know what a mid is, but he was meant to be back home by three, but didn't get in this morning until half past five. We've got such an amazing relationship. I, I, I just am so blessed because it doesn't matter what time of night he comes in, he always comes into our bedroom to tell us what he's been doing. <laughs> so half past five this morning, and which is why you might think, Dave, you're looking a bit haggard. I am, because half past five this morning... My Bobby boy comes in and says, "You'll never guess what I was doing last night, Dad." So I make sure that Carol's awake as well because I don't want to receive this in my, on my own. I think she needs to share in this love. Come on, you need to share in this. Oh no! What time is it? Half oh, past five. But I tell you, um, I don't get. Tired of my boy waking me up to tell me what he's doing. Your heavenly father never tires of you having a chat with him. Do you know what? He, he, he doesn't care what time of day or time of night it is. He absolutely loves to hear your voice. Let me tell you some things about you, John 1, 12, it says, yet to all who received him, have you received Jesus? Have you received Jesus? If you've received him, to those who believe in his, do you believe in the name of Jesus? Come (laughs) on, here we go. Um, He's given you the right to become children of God. You're his kids. And as excited as Mark and Drizzle are about the coming of their daughter tomorrow, our Heavenly Father is that excited about you. Do you know, he says things like, that's my girl. There she is. There she is. Heading into Waitrose. Because you you're all shot Waitrose, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. I'm a little boy myself, just a little boy. Come on. He goes, there they go. There they go, they're on mission. Why? How does he know you're on mission? Because you're breathing and you're moving. And if we're children of God, we are constantly on mission. And he says, there they go. How awesome. Look at him. That's him looking at you. Look at him. Look at her. How excited he is when he sees his family out and about. Paul reminds the church at Ephesus, he predestined us. Does anybody understand predestination? Me oh, Me neither. <laughs> He predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. So God foreknew and planned you to be the you in relationship with him as a child of his. He's adopted you. There's loads of stuff about adoption and, and the the power of adoption, our sonship. You're a co-heir with Christ. And he says, I love this, because it says here, he says, uh, in accordance with his pleasure. How pleased is he with you? When Isaiah reminds us that God's doing something new, um, he's doing something new with something old. That's us because we've been walking with him for a little while. But he says, I'm going to do something new, because I've got a plan for you. 2023 is going to be an awesome year for you. I speak that over you. There's something about the receptivity of God's plans in this place, and I just want to say that over you today. This is going to be, this is an awesome year. We're 15 days into it already. Listen to this. what the Lord says. He says, you're my chosen people. I I chose you. Turn to somebody and say, Dave just told me we're chosen. Just tell them, Dave just told me we're chosen. Woo! Uh, No accident. Not ad hoc. Just didn't fall into it. God said, I'm having you. I'm having you you are chosen people a royal priesthood I'm standing in front kings and queens princes and princesses I bow oh the royalty in this room and this priesthood this beautiful understanding That we have the privilege of speaking to our Heavenly Father and hearing from Him. We have the privilege of ministering in His name that we might lay hands and pass on the very presence of God. How awesome! We are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. we have just reminded, did we sense something of the presence of God? Well, when the holy nation comes together, how can we not be aware of his presence? We're God's special possession. That we may declare the praises of him, and we've done that, haven't we? Oh, how great is our God. You see what great love the Father has lavished on us. Since we've been in Basingstoke, we've become real butter people. We used to have the stuff that you could spread in a tub, but we've now got a butter dish, and our butter dish stays out on the side. It's in the shape of a cow, reminding me of my past. And we've got a cow-shaped butter dish, And we put proper butter, real butter, yeah, real butter. And when I put butter on stuff, I don't hold back. (laughs) Lavish. Oh, my words. I want bread and butter. (laughs) Oh, put it on. And I love the way that... That in 1 John 3, we are, are told that that's how God lavishes, he holds nothing back, he spreads on more love than we deserve, more love than we need, so that it's on us, in us, around us, dripping off of us, so that as we walk out as his children, it splashes around and affects and impacts all those others around us. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. I love this. He goes, goes, and that is what we are. Come on. Children of God. It just blows my mind. It blows my mind. But listen to what the prophet Isaiah was saying. He just said something at the beginning Forget everything that undermines and derails your identity as a child of God, forget everything that is a criticism of who you are, or what you do, or what you don't do. Forget forget it. Put it out of your mind. Don't dwell on the past. Because he says to you, as he says to me, I am doing a new thing. There's something for you that is new. There's something for me that is new. There's something for you as the body of Christ, the children of God in this place, that is new and different. And there's something for that bunch of real weirdos on Brighton Hill that gather in the Baptist church. It's something new. Now, the thing about it is, when we have the opportunity to step into something new, we've got to realise it might very well be something that we've never done before. It might be a bit of a challenge. It might be out of the ballpark. It might be at such a tangent angle to what we've ever done before. But, do you know, when we get that sense of unity and understanding that this God is who loves us, who's called us his children, is taking us on a new journey, then we've got to grab hold of it. And we've got to walk out in it. Can I just... I need to draw things to a close because... But I really do believe that COVID was an opportunity to start again. I don't believe that God caused it, but I believe that God's used it and his desire to use it. The one challenge that I've had as a church leader in the church that I lead is trying to get people's mindset to think outside of the box and say, What can we do new? I'll tell you a secret. The old weren't working that well. It really weren't, okay? Don't tell them that I said that, though, will you? Because, you know, the church has been there nearly 40 years, and there's only 90 of us. That's not a lot of growth. And I'm saying we need to do something new. We've got to stop doing the things that we've always done expecting different results. We need to do something new. And I really did believe that COVID would be that marker for us. We couldn't meet together. You couldn't meet together. We became superstars with Zoom and YouTube and all that sort of stuff. But as soon as we could, we went back. This is my story. This is where I'm at. We went back but I don't think we should have gone back. And I'm really trying hard now to help us to think of something that God may have wanted to do that we didn't grab hold of. I really wish we did, but we didn't. But I recognise that we're surrounded with people who are going to a lost eternity. We're surrounded by people who are burdened by sickness and disease. We are surrounded by people who need to know the love of Jesus and we've got to be better at bringing the loving, healing, restoring, freeing Jesus into our communities. And the lavish love that he spread on us, we've just got to get spreading it around a bit more. In this room is everything that you need with Jesus. In this room, there are anointed individuals here in this room who have a prophetic calling that you need to release, to raise up. There there are people here in this room whose God has anointed to bring healing into people's lives. Your hands need to be laid on the sick so that the sick will get well. There are people in this room who have an evangelistic call. There's something about the way you talk about Jesus that is captivating And you just need the boldness to talk about Jesus. Because this is the year that God's doing new things. So I want to stir you up. I want to send you out. I want to see the gifts that I've imparted to you released. So that the new will become the norm. And ultimately we would see his kingdom come right here, right now, on earth as it is in heaven. But I just want to say here as I draw things to a close is that you have it. You've got it. Oh God just so loves you. So loves you. I just want us to turn you out, release you. I just want to speak over you now in the mighty name of Jesus. Whatever has held you back in your circumstance and situation, I want to break that off in Jesus' name. (coughs) Whatever lie the enemy has spoken over you about your gifts, your abilities, your skills, your anointing, Whatever he has said over you or to you or around you that has derailed your confidence and your passion to see that outworked in your life, I break that off in Jesus' name. I speak freedom over you in Jesus' name. Freedom in Jesus' name. Is anybody's hands getting warm? My hands are getting really warm at the moment. Is anybody else's hands getting warm? Is it just mine? It's okay if it's just mine, because I'm just getting sweaty up here, I suppose. <laughs> if your hands are getting warm, is anybody's hands else getting warm? Yeah, okay. Come on. Holy Spirit. I want to speak over you, vision. And dreams in Jesus name. When we read the prophet saying I am doing a new thing, I want to speak over you visions and dreams. I want to pray that just like my son wakes me up whenever he comes home, whatever time of night it is on shift, and I love it when he does it, I want you to be woken by the Spirit of God with such vivid visions and dreams that you'll write it down and you make sure you pass that on to the leadership team. We love it when the people of God pass stuff on to us that they have heard. There's nothing like a leadership meeting when you've got 10 pieces of paper and say, This is what the body has heard this last week. <gasps> Come on. Visions and dreams, receive them, stirred up. And if it turns around that you get too many, can you pass some my way? <laughs> oh, I'll have it. We'll have it. Come on. Just as I stand here now, I've, I hear God saying, I have been calling and you've been ignoring. Ministry, mission. I have been calling. It's a word for someone. I've been calling, you've been ignoring. Let me tell you just briefly, I ignored God's call over my life to go into ministry out of farming. And... Um, I ended up turning a truck over on the M4, and uh, not something you want to do really, but it was a a truck full of chickens, and I ended up turning this truck over on the M4, just past the Marlborough turn off, I think it's Junction 19. And when I walked out, the truck was upside down, I I climbed out of the windscreen (coughs) space, And got up onto the hard shoulder and and sat on the barrier thinking to myself, I'm never going to get them delivered now. (laughs) And I sat there waiting for the emergency services to to appear. And they did really quick. They were just phenomenal. And I'm thinking to myself, I haven't got a scratch on me. Um, Somebody pulled out in front of me and uh, caused me to uh, turn the truck over. And I sensed God saying to me, no more excuses, Dave. Up until that point in time i have been saying, Lord, when I sort out my finances, I, I might go and explore ministry. Lord, when I sort out my relationships, I, I, I might explore going into... And I had a list, and on the hard shoulder of the M4, God reminded me that He can look after me. He can look after me. He can look after... If you're resisting, Stepping up and stepping out. Then I just want to give you a word today. Stop it. Stop it. Step out. He says, I'm doing something new with you. Don't dwell on the past. Don't hold on to the stuff of the past. Walk in to the new. I'm making a way in the wilderness. Streams in the wasteland, and I speak over you all that you might know in 2023, a full revelation of what it means to be refreshed, refreshed, streams in the wasteland. May you be refreshed and refresh as you lavishly spread it all over. I feel honoured to be a leader in the town where you are. I feel honoured. And together, I believe that we can see kingdom come in power. So let's stand up together. You can turn to somebody and say, "Thank goodness he's finished." (laughs) Just let's put out our hands just before the band comes. Comes, Lord, we are Your children. We are adopted into Your amazing family. We are chosen. Oh, Lord, thank You for choosing us. Thank You for calling us royalty. Tonight, Lord, we recognise that we are kings and queens, princes and princesses. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to us. Thank you, Lord, for speaking through us as your priests. Thank you, Lord, that you trust us to carry the good news of Jesus into our community. And we pray that the the new that you're going to do with us and through us will see phenomenal fruit this year. Would you grow us as we step out? But also, Lord, would you grow your church? We're going to say, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we want multiplication in this place. We want to see people saved, healed and delivered in this place. We want people to have an encounter with you like they've never had an encounter in the past. So fill us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen.